Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Jamer K podcast. This week we travel to Delaware, which I was pretty excited about. We have Xavier, guitar player from Simulacra, on this week. And I did the entire episode with him, and I totally forgot to have him properly introduce himself. I know Simulacra is like a newer band, so I'm not sure if a ton of people are familiar with them. So that's part of the reason why I wanted to have him on this week because I'm a fan of the demo. I want to help push that band, get them in front of more eyes and ears. So I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. So please strap in and welcome Xavier to the podcast. How's it going? Hey, what's going on? What's going on? I'm actually I'm pretty stoked to do this. Um, I actually got your Twitter from uh, a mutual friend, Sal from Reign of Salvation. Hey, my man Sal, love that kid. Love it. I'm glad that he was able to um, connect us together so we'd be able to do this. Yes, same here. I was. Um, I can't remember exactly when it was, probably around the time your guys' uh, demo dropped, but I, I just kept seeing um, your band name and the demo being posted all, all over Twitter. And yeah. sometimes it's just like hard to escape stuff like that, especially when like all your friends that you follow are posting it. So I was like, okay, yeah. um, if this many people are talking about it, I'm gonna go check it out. and. Uh, for a three song demo, I was like, okay, this is actually like pretty like cool music. I'm definitely into that style. So, um, you you guys were definitely like on my radar. So I I was definitely stoked to actually be able to connect with somebody from the band and have you guys on the podcast. Thank you. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that it's really cool that, um, we got such a positive, uh, reaction and just sort of positive um, feedback from the demo considering the fact that it kind of came together really weird and it like came out way later than a lot of us uh, a lot of us were like planning on and anticipated because we had recorded the songs in like November and we wanted them to be out by like the end of the year but it just kind of took a little bit of time so like um, I'm glad that you know a lot of people seem to really like it and it just um, people really fucked with it so that's really cool I'm glad that you wanted to sort of get together and uh, do this and talk about that kind of shit. So one thing I'm curious about is uh, the name of the band. Can you talk about yeah. uh, how you guys came up with that and what it actually means? Um. Well, we were really stuck on names for like a while. Like a lot of us, we uh, like in the time that we spent writing it and recording it, we were constantly bouncing names around and stuff like that and just sort of trying to think of like what would fit best. Cause we didn't want to pick, like we didn't want to pick a name that was bad, but we also didn't want to be that band that just um, picked like some 
like pick the name that's like already been taken by like a million other things or just like stole like a name from like some other obscure band like the 80s or 90s or anything like that um our drummer actually came up with the name he said that he got it from a mars volta song but he also said that it came from a book that the matrix was based off of or something like that i can't i can't exactly remember what the second part was but i definitely remember you said that he got it from that song and then i came up with the idea to misspell it so that people would have an easier time like trying to you know google it and find it because if you look up simulacra and you spell it like c-r-a if you look on like Bandcamp or spotify anything like that you're probably going to end up coming up with like a like a million different results so i was like if we misspell it that you know make it easier for people to find plus you know bands do shit like that all the time same like scourge i guess and um I guess crime watching kind of stuff like that. So that's kind of how the name came together. We almost didn't pick it, but we ended up settling on it. And I'm glad that we did because I actually like our name a lot. And I think it, uh, I think it really works with um, sort of the vibe of the music and the merch and stuff like that. Yeah, the name definitely stands out. Like when people yeah. read that or see that on the flyer, that doesn't sound like a typical hardcore band. Yeah. I was gonna say a lot of people, a lot of people that have heard the demo, they're like, "Yeah, I have no idea how to pronounce that," or they're like, I've, "It's it's funny we've had so many people misspell it, mispronounce it, which is, I mean, it's kind of funny, but I guess you know it works considering the fact that it's not just some like generic hardcore band name. So I guess, like, I guess you know, it's like sort of a give or take with that kind of thing." So it's just pronounced uh, simulacra, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah, pronounced like um, just like the regular word, but instead of you know it being like C R A, it's a K R A instead. Okay. Yeah. Can you talk about um what names you guys almost chose over simulacra? There. Oh my God. There was a lot of them. I remember like I wrote. I was like writing down a list of names in my notes trying to see if we could think of one. I don't remember a lot. There were so many. I don't remember a decent amount of the ones that we did kind of initially have. I remember somebody suggested like, um, it was like retaliation or something like that, but there's already the band retaliate. So like, I was like, nah, I don't want to do that. Plus like, there's probably a million other things with that name. Probably like some like weird, obscure metal band that like nobody listens to. So I remember there was, um, like falling grace or something like that. Cause we were kind of seeing if we could do like, like the band, like angel crew from like, uh, Europe, we were trying to see if we could do like something like that, but we just kind of were like, nah, like we don't want to do that. So those are two of the names that I can immediately remember. I remember we, hashed out and just passed along a bunch of different ones and if i went back through like the band chat i could probably find them but like i can't remember a lot of them but i remember those two like specifically okay that's cool yeah um so you guys are from delaware um for the most part yeah like i'd claim us as a delaware band although it's not completely true me our other guitarist, Tyler, and then our bassist, Jack, are all from Delaware. 
then Dom is from D.C., actually. He lived in uh, Maryland, but he moved to D.C., and then our drummer, Brezza, is from New Jersey. So, I mean, three three out of five, that basically counts as Delaware, I guess. But I guess it wouldn't be 100% accurate to say that we're an all-Delaware band. Okay, that's cool. I guess the yeah. majority, I guess that's chill. Um, yeah. can, you, can you talk about uh, the scene down in Delaware? Because I, I know you guys are pretty close to Philly, but um, how's it down and where you guys are actually from? Um, yeah, I was going to say, like, the Delaware scene's like, really, it's actually really cool. Because I feel like a lot of people tend to low-rate Delaware because they're like, oh, like, what what's from this state? Like, I've never heard of a band from Delaware, what's there and stuff like that. But we actually have like a pretty long lineage of like hardcore bands. And just the fact that for the past, like, like couple of years, we've been able to keep the scene going with like no stable venues or anything like that. And we have like um, just a good group of bands that are just like doing like just doing cool shit like obviously everybody's heard of year in the night at this point like the biggest like the second biggest thing i think that come out of delaware next to um a band called boy sets fire which was a thing in like the 90s and like early 2000s there's um us obviously vicious embrace which is the band that i'm in with tyler and a couple other members year in the night there's no option um who's doing cool shit they're playing this hardcore this year so that's cool uh and then there's foreign hands which um tyler and jack both uh they both play in that band too and they're doing cool stuff too they just got done with like recording stuff so like um the dollar scene it's pretty cool the fact that we just have such a dedicated uh group of people that are just willing to like keep the shit going even though like we don't really have any place we don't we haven't had really a stable place to play in our state for like a while because we ended up losing a lot of the venues that we had like a couple of weeks back not even from like things that we did but just like sort of outside factors kind of but um it's cool that we're so close to philly because the delaware and philly scenes are almost like they're kind of they're basically like one and the same at this point for the most part so i mean we i mean it's pretty like we have a pretty good thing going on here. And I think with time, uh, more and more people are starting to catch on to the shit that we're doing, especially because a lot of the bands that we have are like starting to do bigger and bigger things as time goes on. So it's pretty, we have, it's pretty cool. I'm curious about the venue situation. So now that you guys don't really have like a stable venue to book shows at, where are you guys booking shows at now? Um, well, re- very recently, we, we have a, actually, we have a show coming up in two weeks, like a little less than two weeks, but a new spot that we just found. But, um, for, I mean, for a while when we didn't have venues, there was just nowhere in Delaware for us to play. Like we had a venue that was called Wilmington JC's and, um, like when we did stuff there, it was cool, but they would rent out their services to like other people like shit happened and they were just like no we're not renting out to anybody else now a lot of the venues that we had they would get they got shut down because of like lawsuits i remember one venue did get screwed up because somebody booked wrong answer there and the place got basically destroyed so they were like not no more shows here another place the one big venue that we did have 
just kind of just it just kind of stopped like the building's been condemned i think or something like that so i mean for the past like couple years not even a couple it's been like a few years for the past like few years a lot of the shows that we play are just you know philly shows or like baltimore shows because i mean those cities because i think one the cool thing about delaware is that we're not far from a lot of major cities so like since a lot of the shows that we end up playing are like Philly shows, Jersey shows, Baltimore shows, all those places are like an hour or less away. Like Philly's like 40 minutes, Baltimore's like an hour, Jersey's like maybe an hour, hour and a half. Plus, um, we can also, you know, go to places like New York and Long Island, which is like, you know, three hours. So even though we don't really have a whole lot of shows and places to play in our own home state, it's cool that we've have a relationship with um, folks in other states that are just willing to give us a place to play since we can't really go you know, do that our, or we haven't really had an opportunity to do that ourselves all that much. So, I mean, that's pretty cool. I always find it super interesting that um, you guys are all so close t- together, but it's like so many different states. Um, yeah. Out here um, in California, I'm in Orange County. I can get to like the, LA scene, San Diego scene, um, all within like, uh, an hour to two hours, but like we're all in the same state. So I'm always like interested in, uh, what it would be like to be able to drive to different States just to see how much, or to see how different the scenes vary. Cause I feel like for me, since we're all in like Southern California, things don't really differ too much when you go from scene to scene. So uh, I, I think it's pretty cool that you guys are able to um, hit like so many different states. Yeah, it's really cool because then you get like you meet the locals from that scene and you get to play with those bands and meet the promoters from there. Even though we're so close to each other, we still have the um, ability to like utilize that and meet those people that make up that scene too. And so everything just kind of like, you know, merges together kind of. So when you guys play those different markets, uh, can you tell like a difference in like the three different scenes or are they pretty like similar? Oh yeah. There's definitely, there's, um, there's definitely difference. Like the Philly, I mean, everybody in Philly basically knows each other. So like, um, we just kind of, we already have that connection and then Baltimore, even though it's like kind of close to, um, Delaware, it's still like its own thing. So they have their own crowd of kids and their own thing going on there. And then like, obviously Long Island, which has probably one of like the most tight knit scenes in, um, well, I guess not even just Long Island, but just like New York in general, they have like a very tight knit scene up there. So like all of those kids, um, they like put on for their bands, but they also will put on for like bands that are like from out of state. So it's, um, like when you go to the other places, you can really like see a difference, like sort of in the crowds, even though we kind of basically all like know each other for the most part. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, yeah. you kind of want to uh, jump around. So I was like looking through, uh, your Twitter timeline and, yeah. uh, you were responding to somebody's tweet. It was like, um, four records that got you into hardcore. Do you remember that tweet? Yeah. 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 
Um, and uh, I was actually um, surprised. Uh, one of the records you posted was um, a Dangerous record. Yeah. Um, go ahead. I don't know. I was, uh, what were you going to say? Oh, no. I, I was just curious. I'm... Uh, I was surprised to see somebody post um, a dangerous record as one of the records that got them into hardcore. Cause I, I feel like that band um, out here probably doesn't get the um, respect that they deserve. Yeah. So I was just curious, like how does somebody like out in Delaware, like uh, discover that record and how it did it like influence you to get into hardcore? I was going to say, I discovered, I discovered dangers um, around the same time when I got into have when I got into have heart because I started getting into hardcore around like uh like late 2012 I guess I was like 15 I remember I got into have heart on like like somebody posted um one of the songs off of songs to scream the sun on like some YouTube channel and there was a danger song on that too and I remember listening to that and thinking I was like yo this is for I haven't heard anything um like I haven't heard anything like this like before just which is kind of sort of that was kind of the catalyst for me getting into hardcore in general I was like well I've never heard anything like this aggressive in this visceral before and I remember I got into dangers and I um listened to both the albums that were out at the time which were um it was a uh, messy isn't it and then anger I remember being you know, like a 15, 16 year old kid. And I was like, yo, this shit is fucking like, this shit's crazy. And I know like Dangerous is a band that I feel like gets pretty low rated, I guess nowadays, or just shit. It might be just in general. They probably don't get um, the, I guess the kudos that they should. But I remember those records like resonating with me a lot uh, at the time when I was sort of getting into everything. So yeah, that was basically, that was one of the catalysts for like me getting, um, just being here in the first place. Like that record and I owe a lot to that band, even though I feel like um, now they don't really get the respect that they should. That's awesome. I love that band and I definitely feel the same way and I never really understood it. Um, I know the guys are in like other bands that are a yeah. little more active than Dangers, but I, I feel like if like I don't know if it's just like people don't really know about them or um, or what, but I feel like if people actually just listen to them, they would like understand and see that this band is like special and probably should deserve like more respect, like in the hardcore scene. Yeah, I'm not really, I'm not all that because they're. I mean, they're like a hardcore band. Obviously, they're like a pretty weird band. I yeah. feel like so I'm surprised if somebody would listen to that and they're just like, oh, this isn't really like. I don't really vibe with this all that much. Plus, I'm knowing, considering how big California is, I'm not surprised that those dudes probably play in like a million other bands. So yeah, like they were even when I like was getting into them, they were I kind of knew I was like, okay, this isn't like this isn't a band that's on the same level as say um, like a Trapped Under Ice or something like that. But I still thought that their records were like real like. Like they were always still like a really cool um, band in my eyes, regardless of like you know how you know their popularity or anything like that. Yeah, I definitely feel that. Um, but yeah. but that's cool. I, I was definitely stoked to see that on uh, somebody's like you know four records that um, got them into hardcore. So I was like, that, yeah. that's pretty cool. 
was going to say definitely um, one of the tipping points. Um, just one of the pillars that kind of like helped me get to get me to where I am at the moment. So want to bring you back to Simulacra. I was curious, uh, you guys recorded um, at the Knife Layer with uh, Wyatt. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Wyatt, who plays in um, who plays in uh, Drows. He plays in a band called Chemical Fix. They're like a pretty new band, but yeah, we recorded that with him, and we've had a pretty good relationship with him for a while. Because if I'm not, I don't, I can't. I'm not sure if he had recorded like a heavy band until two, like a little. A little less than two years ago, because, uh, you know, Vicious Embrace was, um, we had like our promo thing and we were looking for people to record it and we just couldn't find anybody. Or the people that we wanted to do it with couldn't fit into our, like we couldn't fit into their schedule. They wouldn't fit into our schedule. So I remember we had just, we had found Wyatt because he had recorded a band that was, I guess, kind of from here called The New Harmony. And he did that record with us. So we had a, or at least I personally had a pretty good relationship with them, but we all had a good relationship with them for the most part because Foreign Hands recorded their stuff with him. The last year, the knife recording I was a part of, that was recorded with him too. So, I mean, it was kind of a no-brainer trying to think of people to, like, record with, considering the fact that since he's in Philly, you know, he's not far or anything, or anything like that. And just, like, the way that he works, it, like, works really well with, like, what we're trying to do. And I'm like just very comfortable with what he does, considering the fact that this is like my that that was like my fourth time recording with him at this point. So it all it was um it's really cool, and he does really good work. And I'm glad that like more people are starting to take notice in what he does and are like getting him to record their shit. I read an interview and he was talking about how he is um, pretty picky when it comes to bands that he records. So did, yeah. did you guys have to like sell him on the sound or was he just down from the get go because of the relationship you guys had before? Yeah, I was going to say he like, I kind of um, like he had already known, he knew basically everybody in the band ahead of time. So it wasn't really, uh, it was kind of like, it came together pretty, it came together pretty easily considering the fact that it's like, he knows how we all work and I kind of, um, told him what we were about beforehand when I was like scheduling the recording time in general and like what he would kind of expect from us. And we kind of gave him like examples of what we kind of wanted out of the sound. So it kind of, it, it came together really easily and it wasn't, um, it was, it was just really cool to be, be able to do it again. Okay. Um, so you said you've yeah. recorded, um, like four other times, uh, what other bands were you in besides uh, um, the ones you already talked the, about? Um, uh, I mean, those are really, that was, those are really the main ones. Like I said, the V, uh, the Vision Embrace winter demo that, that was done in like November of 2017. Okay. So that was a while ago. Uh, the first uh first state aggression like the original version of the ep i recorded that with him this is like last february and then i want to say i did something maybe it was maybe it was just the three times i felt like it was four but i think it was just like those two and then the simulacrum i think that might have been the only other times or the only times that for some reason i thought it was four but yeah 
by the time we'd recorded the demo, I'd already um, known how he worked. So, okay, those were yeah, that's the other stuff that I've basically done with him, and I've sat in while he's like done other stuff for bands too. So, and the experience of the knife layer uh, in the interview, he kind of like described the building that it's in, but it just sounded like yeah. pretty um, like crazy. Uh, like just yeah. the way he described it. Um, I, I just wanted to know like, how's the vibe there? It's like literally in like a big, it's like literally in a big warehouse with like a bunch of rooms and a people and like people will rent these rooms out for like different reasons. Cause like his studio is on the bottom floor, but like when you go in, there's like a, like one of the rooms in the warehouse, like a church, another one's like a boxing, or like a kickboxing gym. There's like other studios and other bands will like um, practice there. I remember the Jesus piece practice space was like two doors down from where he was. And when you go in, it's literally just like a giant room that he kind of has like, He's kind of like Frankenstein into a studio. I guess it's not like a giant room. It's probably about the size of like um, like a big living room. But he's just got all he's got like his um mixing board and uh, his like computer sort of like towards the back with like a couch, and he's got all the amps, all the drum stuff sort of on the side. And then the recording space is like sort of like a it's like an empty space sort of off to the side. And the way that and he records everything live, so like when it comes time to set up, like set up the guitar and the drums, the, like they'll both be like ten, like maybe ten, fifteen feet away from each other, and we'll record it like that, and then we'll just sort of break stuff down and set stuff up sort of in the same space, depending on like what's um, going to be done. It's pretty cool. There's like no. There's no Wi-Fi down there or anything like that, so you're just kind of chilling. But um, it's actually really cool, except for it's cool, except for when you you know you have like noises from other practice spaces, like sort of like bleeding through the walls while you're trying to record. Like you have some dude trying to play drums three doors down while you're trying to like you know record drums of your own. So like there's that, but apart from that, it's actually really it's actually like a really cool space, really cool spot. That was what I was actually really curious about when you started talking about like all the different rooms, like how like the walls were, because I'm sure like in like a communal space like that, um, sound could become an issue. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, we've heard, we'll be like, we've, there's been times where, uh, we'll be recording and there'll be some bands, like some rock band upstairs playing the same riff for like 30 minutes. Like, and we just kind of have to find ways to, um, I guess, get around that. Like, we sometimes it'll get to the point where it's like, okay, this dude's been going on for, like, X, Y, Z. Should we just take a break and, like, come back? Or it's like, okay, this um, he's not making that much noise. Maybe we could see if we could, like, cut it out or do something like that. So, I mean, usually we there hasn't really been that many problems when it comes to like recording and like noise, but I mean, it has been like an issue that's come up a couple of times. And, um, I know, I think I remember he said that his room is pretty close to like some train tracks or something like that. So like you kind of get the noise from that too. So just kind of like, I mean, he's been doing it for like so long. 
issues that like uh, he's able to kind of circumvent sort of. So like he makes it work even with all like the excess noise and just bleeding stuff that like comes through the walls. Yeah, and, uh, I couldn't tell from your guys' recording that there was a train going by or anything else. So it sounds good to me. Yeah, I was gonna say he's really good with like um, uh, sort of um, getting rid of like just excess whatever and just um, making he makes he he does good work with like basically the space that he's in what he has. So like it's really cool and he does uh, he does a good job with that. Okay, so the demo that you guys put out, it's been out for like almost like half a year because it came out in February. We're almost um, like halfway point for you guys. Do you guys have any plans to um, get back to the studio and put out new music? Yeah, pretty soon. Like we're in the process of we were kind of we were kind of having a hard time uh, trying to decide what our next release should be but we're kind of i think we decided we're like uh we're in the process of writing like a seven inch it's like probably like four songs um we're we have one new song we've been playing for a while and then we have like three that are um still like in the works but we're planning or at least i myself am planning to uh get that done and finish to have it out before um, before the year's up, just so that uh, when we go into next year, we'll be able to, we'll obviously, you know, have more than three songs to be able to, you know, do some cool stuff because we have some potentially cool things happening next year. So just want to make sure that we have enough music to be able to support, <laughs> like support uh, being able to do that. Yeah, I, I think that's awesome because uh, yeah. it's kind of a quick turnaround, uh, two releases in one year. So I, I feel like. Yeah. Um, you guys definitely spread it out far enough. If you guys hit that time frame for the new stuff, yeah, I was just saying, yeah, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking the same thing because I mean, generally, generally, a lot of bands will. Um, I guess it really depends on like what you're releasing, but since the demo came out so early in the year, I feel like by the time you know, if we put us, if we put them out in like November, December, that's like nine or. 10 months that's that's basically long enough between like small releases i feel like it's not like you know putting out an, a full length and putting out something else in like the same year like i think by that point uh i think like the releases will be spread out enough to where it doesn't feel like there's like too much music at once i guess <laughs> Yeah, I, I feel like uh, the amount of time that will have passed, I, I think, should have been enough for people to absorb the demo and be ready for new stuff. Yeah. Because yeah. there's definitely times when, um, like, an artist, like a band or whatever, a rapper, puts out, like, like a new full-length record. And for me, it, it takes time to actually, um, you know, get into, like, the whole record and, like... I try to like listen to everything and get into it and like fully understand. Cause even sometimes it takes time for like certain tracks to connect with me. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, if there's one thing that like, I really, if there's one thing that I really don't like, it's like people like, especially with rappers, like that's very much, um, that's like very much a problem that I have. It's like putting out way too much music in like too little time. So I think if you're going from like, here's like a three song demo, here's like a 
like a two song promo or like a like a four song seven inch or something you know like nine to ten months later like i feel like that's fine but i feel like there is a time or i feel like there is a problem with like like i think it's i think you shouldn't put out way too much stuff in too little of a time frame because sometimes like you said it takes people time to sort of completely click and like connect with um certain songs or just like a whole record in general so it's like if you if you have somebody putting out 12 songs in march and then they're putting out another 12 songs in lock in like october like that's not enough time for that's not really enough time for people to really take in everything that you're doing so you just you're just risking you know having your music or just having certain things getting lost in just like your sea of you're just see of sort of excess tracks and stuff like that so i think yeah no yeah because you're also competing with everybody else that's putting out music as well because exactly. people people aren't only listening to your band they're trying to keep exactly. up with like you know the constant flow of new music that's being put out so exactly, exactly. like what you said you don't want your stuff to get lost yeah like i i, I kind of get it to a certain extent because with hardcore there's so many there's so many bands now and there's a lot of bands uh, well I guess not even now but there's just so many bands and there's a lot of bands doing <clears throat> maybe not similar things but they might be doing something that you're also doing so I feel like there is a bit of a sense of urgency when it comes to putting out new music because it's like okay we need to you know, bands like got strike while the iron's hot, you know, like gotta put something out that'll really turn people's heads. Especially when you have bands that'll like, you know, they'll put out a demo and then that demo will be like the hottest shit for like, you know, a year and a half and that band doesn't really have to do anything else just based off of that. And like I def yeah, there's definitely like a sense of like, okay, we need to get this out, like we need to get this out. Just while you know people are still talking while people are still paying attention because it's very i mean in a sea of bands and especially in a sea with like really big bands it is pretty easy it can be pretty easy for your band to get lost in just sort of the chaos of like sort of everything else going on at the time so i kind of get it but at the same time you know there's also the uh, fact of you know you don't want to pump something out like push something out of the gate too quickly you know it's always strange to me because i don't think there's like a correct way for people to do it it's just i i think it's just a big part of like timing so yeah so sometimes like maybe uh you know you, you could do like a couple like releases back to back and maybe things will hit and kids will be into it but then there's also the risk of people just like kind of feeling like it's like oversaturated and, and just don't really want to listen to it. So it's, it's just like yeah. a weird, like, um, uh, like I don't think, I, I, I don't think there's like a formula to it. Yeah. It can be, it's kind of a double-edged sword, I guess. Cause some bands can get up, like some bands can put out something and then they can just, they can like just sort of bank on like sort of the good graces of everybody or just like the, uh, like the, I guess career, I guess, like for lack of a better term that they've built just off of like what little music that they do have out. Cause you take a band like, um, 
Division of Mine, which is one of my favorite current bands going right now. Like, they put out their demo, like, January 2017. Promo came out December of 2017. That's, like, almost two years. And, you know, people were asking, like, where's the LP? Where's the LP? We've been, like, hearing about the LP for, like, the past, like, year. And it's still not out. But, like, they're still, like, a hot... Like, people still want to see them. People still want to put them on shows and shit like that. So, like, it's cool. But then sometimes you have bands that will be... Like, they'll put out something. Put out something. It'll be cool for, like, a little bit. And then the talk just kind of, like, dissipates. And it's just like, okay, so, like, now what? Like, do we put out something now? Like, it's kind of... It's kind of it's kind of a weird thing the way that especially with like the the internet just the way that things move kind of you just kind of it's just really like you know just put it out and just hope that all you really do is just put it out and just hope that it like hope that it sticks hope that it hits you know it's kind of all you can really do yeah the, the um like internet is a, a strange place but it, it certainly helped me find and like uh, discover a ton of new bands. And I'm constantly seeing people post like, oh, like you got to check out this new demo. And I'm just like, man, I'm still not done listening to all these other bands you're posting about last week. Like I'm like constantly trying to play like catch up. But it's just yeah. like there's new bands like popping up like all the time. But I guess yeah. with, with that, what's cool is like um, eventually like, you know, bands will break up which isn't always a good thing but space will clear up and then eventually like um with time like i'll um eventually catch up yeah i was gonna say there's so much there's always so much stuff coming out and happening at once that like it can be kind of hard um it can be kind of hard to keep up with that shit especially even when we have all that stuff like at our fingertips still it's like okay gotta set aside you know like seven minutes to listen to this demo oh shit i forgot to listen to that i'll like listen to that tomorrow but it's like oh this other band put out this record so it's like there's so much like we have access to it but it still can be kind of it's still pretty easy to like i feel like get lost sort of in the just clutter of like everything that happens sort of there's just not enough time in the day because like on top of like trying to keep up with like new music, we have to live like our normal lives as well. So yeah. to try to squeeze like new records in here or there, like on top of wanting yeah. to listen to the music you already love, it's just like there's not yeah. enough time. Yeah, there's ne- never enough time, never enough time for anything when it comes to music, I feel like. But yeah. that's just kind of the way it goes, I guess. Yeah, that's why I like always just try to like appreciate um, bands in the moment because I I never want to have that feeling of uh, regret to like you know not catching a band live or like appreciating them while they're around. Yeah. So, um, like one of the things I do is I always just try to like like appreciate and like you know go see them when I can because it's probably not gonna like be around forever. Yeah, yeah, I was. Just- I was going to say, it's really cool. It's really cool when you do finally get around to, like, um, like a demo or an EP that, like, you had been meaning to check out, but just, you just, like, didn't get an opportunity to. And you're just like, yo, like, this is, like, this is fucking sick. Like, I wish I had discovered this sooner. So, like, there's that. It's pretty cool when you get that opportunity. And when bands break up, I mean, you know, it sucks, but sometimes you get the opportunity to, to appreciate their music more, I guess, especially since, like, you know, like you're not able to, you know, you can't like go see them at whatever fest that they're playing at the time. So 
it's kind of a two-way street sort of I was curious, um, is the Simi Locker demo on any of the streaming services? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, it's on Spotify, Apple Music, whatever the other ones are, like Tidal or whatever. It, it, yeah, it's everywhere at this point. Okay, it was on Bandcamp. Wait, go ahead. No, I was going to say, it was on Bandcamp for like a week, and then we, opt, and then, uh, we opted to put it up on Spotify like a week later. Because I feel like... Especially in the age of streaming services, there's like no reason for a band's demo or their music to not leave Bandcamp. Like that's, I feel like that's counterproductive to like what you're trying to do, in my opinion. Okay, I'm going to be honest. I uh, didn't think to look for you guys' demo on Spotify just because I have my smartphone and I, I would just open up my browser and just go to your guys' band camp and listen to it. Yeah. But yeah, I would say, yeah, like, um, you do that too. Yeah. But it, it definitely is way more convenient to have it on the streaming services. Like I've never yeah. gone through that process to get something added to that. So I don't know if it's complicated or not, but I think nowadays if you're a band putting out music on a band camp, it should also be on all the other services as well. Yeah. Yeah, like it's 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 not hard. I mean, it's really not hard at all. Like you pay, like the twenty or thirty dollars, whatever it is, you pay that like one time. You just have to. It's like a yearly thing to make sure that your shit, you know, stays up there. But you know, in like in the age, you know, like I said, in the age of streaming services, everybody's you know asking for Age of Coral on Spotify. Everybody's asking for the Coldest Life stuff on Spotify. Like, there's no reason to. I mean, there's still there are still people that will use YouTube or just Bandcamp for their music, but I feel like if you don't put your stuff on Spotify or Apple Music, you're putting yourself at a disadvantage because you're basically sort of limiting <clears throat> you're limiting the reach. I feel like like you're like you're just kind of limiting yourself because usually if something's on Bandcamp. I'll listen to it. If I like it enough, I'll go back to Bandcamp. But generally, you know, with time, we'll be like, damn, I wish this was on Spotify so I could just, you know, search it up real quick and just listen to it and just, like, you know, be done with it and not have to, you know, open up the Bandcamp in my browser or, like, uh, download the Bandcamp app or anything like that. But, yeah, I mean, I feel like at this point, every band should be doing that. Like, there's really no reason not to unless you have, like, some weird thing against streaming services or if you're like kind of a tool or like you feel like your records should be listened to as records and not songs or something like that but you know i mean in hardcore like there's no reason to not do that at this point yeah i i um, was going through your twitter earlier and i um saw that you mentioned tool and I, I, I thought it was funny because I have a buddy who's like a huge Tool fan and he always complains about how yeah. um, he can't like listen to their music on those services. He actually has to like, you know, switch out the CDs in his car. Yeah. Like, I mean, I get I get why they feel that way about like their music. Like, I, I mean, I still wish that it was more easily accessible than me. I don't know, like getting going on youtube or like even just using itunes or whatever but i mean this is kind of kind of one of those things you just, just kind of have to deal with it i guess yeah and hopefully maybe in time they'll kind of be hip to it and actually add their stuff yeah 
I guess only I guess time will tell with that kind of thing. But you know, I guess we'll just see like <laughs> see what happens with that. Yeah, because I I don't look at um, those streaming services as being evil, but at the same time, like I'm not putting my like craft or art up there to be listened to. So like, I don't know um, if they feel like they're not getting compensated um, well enough to want to put their stuff up there since they're so popular. So it's, it's probably just yeah. like different for them. Yeah. I was going to say, I mean, like I can't think of, I mean, we probably do get paid for like the app for like Apple and Spotify streams, but I, if we do, I don't notice. So, I mean, that doesn't really matter to me. I mean, I imagine if you're in a big band to where, like, you know, this is, you know, putting food in your kid's mouth. Like, it makes sense that you want to see the full, like, you want to see every, you know, every penny, every dollar of, like, what your art is, like, producing. So, I guess I get it, like, in that respect. Doesn't, you know, it doesn't really matter to me, but I imagine for other people, they're like, yeah, I would want, you know, I don't really want to, I don't want to be, you know, put my shit out of there like this when I want it to, you know, be a different way for, you know, whatever reason. Yeah, definitely. If this, if it was like your main source of income, you definitely would want to like recoup on everything and not kind of get um, yeah. gypped on stuff that you worked hard yeah. for. Yeah. Yeah. I imagine there is a, I imagine there is a way to um, sort of see all of like see all of um like get the full what's the word i'm like what's what's the word i'm looking for i guess just see the full ah shit i can't think of what like (laughs) where i'm trying to say just see everything that you're trying to get from your art i guess and just like get all the money that you can but you know i guess it really just depends on um who you are and like what you do i guess i don't know yeah, for me, I'm just curious, like when or like when's the point where you're going to care that it's actually making money? Because because I know like some bands will, will like put everything up, but they're not really making a ton of money from their streams because they're not getting like like millions of uh, streams on songs. Um, most of the yeah. money is coming from actually doing tours. Yeah, and merch and stuff like that. I mean, I guess I mean, unless you're like. Metallica to where like it doesn't matter I mean your shit's just gonna get a million streams anyway but it doesn't matter how much money you make because you're already like you know rich as hell but I guess for other bands a lot I feel like a lot of the I feel like money from streams I feel like it maybe matters less if you're making more money off of sales of like actual physical um physical copies of your music like uh if you're selling records, CDs, or like merch, like you're guaranteed from tour or whatever, you end up taking home from that when you're not putting it to gas or whatever. But I feel like it it just depends on, it's just dependent on, I guess, the kind of band you are and how much reach you have just in general, I feel like. Yeah, it's definitely, because um, it's still kind of like a new form of like, um, like, like getting access to music so uh because this is like cds out there which i feel like are like harder to come by these days than actual like vinyl or like a download code yeah i mean there's i mean i collect cds mainly just because i don't own a record player so i think you know cds are like the next best thing but i mean 
CDs, I mean, I guess you could consider them outdated considering the fact that the difference in quality between a CD and just streaming it on like Spotify or something, like the difference isn't really, it's not significant enough to, I guess, warrant buying a CD. But I know there's, I feel like there's, I feel like the market for that is sort of growing more and more with time, I feel like. But I don't know who knows. Do you uh, find trouble trying to like locate like newer records on CD? Uh, not really. Like I think the most recent album that I bought on CD was um, it was good to feel by Candy. But I feel like there are more. I feel like labels are taking notice of the fact that people do, in fact. You know, some people do, in fact, buy CDs and like, you know, it's something that you can put in like a, I don't know, like an FYE or something like that. I remember I bought Candy's LP on CD. I got the Sanction EP on CD and I'm pro- I'm more than likely going to buy the Sanction record, like the new one on CD. I feel like some labels probably don't do that just sort of out of uh, like, a, out of like, a, eh, there's really no point in doing that. But I feel like some labels do actually take that into account. So I feel like that's pretty cool. Now, are you just yeah. buying these for like a collection or are you actually like playing these CDs somewhere? Um, I like the main reason why I started collecting CDs is because my, my car has a CD player. So I started buying them like four years ago and then eventually it's just, it, yeah, I mean, it's basically become like a collection at this point, even though for the most part, there are some, some records that I haven't gotten around to listening to that I've had sitting that I've had for a while. Some records that I have been able to, some records that I've had listened to at this point, but a lot of, a lot of the ones that I do have are part, uh, just sort of, sort of building a, building a collection. Cause I know people will collect records. So I feel like I can collect CDs and they don't weigh as much as uh, like 12 inch, 12 inches or anything like that. So I feel like if anything, that's like a, that's a plus. I'm like so curious about this. So, well, when you buy these CDs, like, are they actually like caring about the quality of like the case that it comes in and like the fold out on the inside? It um, for, as, as time goes on, I have like become more of stickler about that kind of thing. Because very like the other day, I bought it was like a reissue of Left Hand Path. It was like brand new. It was like twelve bucks. I was like, fuck it, I'll you know. I'll get this. I don't see why not. And it didn't have like a lyric booklet in it or anything like that. So I was kind of bummed about that, but I have bought, I have bought CDs with like fucked up jewel cases, mainly because like they're records that like I really, that I've never seen before or that I've been looking for. And I really want, like, I remember I bought last days by death threat for $20 and like the jewel case was cracked to hell. So I just found like a, I found like a, uh, like an old one or like an old jewel case that like wasn't fucked up and I just put the stuff in there and I also same thing with like I bought like a bot CD with like a kissy goodbye record that were all with all fucked up jewel cases and I feel like it depending on the record I feel like it doesn't really matter to me all that much because if anything I can just go find some old CD or go to, I don't know, Staples or something like that, just buy a new jewel case and just put it in there instead so that, you know, I'm not having to worry about things falling out, CDs getting cracked and damaged and stuff like that. But 
Uh, yeah, kind of matters to me, but. And and like right now, the discs that they're putting these, um, or the CDs that they're using for the music, um, have they like upgraded the discs to become like scratch resistant? Because I know like um, Blu-ray discs, like you can't really scratch those um, compared to like DVDs. Those could be like easily scratched. Yeah, honestly, I know I have no idea. Like honestly, because I haven't really tried it or. I haven't really checked because I, I mean, I generally try to be careful anyway, considering, you know, CDs are pretty, you know, fucking fragile. So like, I would very much not like to, you know, fuck them up. I've already, I lost a record that I bought a few years ago from it getting scratched to hell. So I just had to buy another one. So, I mean, I feel like with the, since I own a lot of older records, that might not be the case. I'm not sure if it's the case for newer albums that I've bought. But I generally like to play it safe in general, just to, just to you know, make sure that, you know, if I do play the CD, that I, it's still you know listenable. Yeah, for sure. Okay, damn, yeah. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, so, to store your CDs, do you have like a like a special box you just put them in, or are they all just like stacked up on a shelf? Yeah, yeah, I have them like in a, I have them in a. I have them just like in a box, like just should have been like a cardboard box that I took from work. I'm going to be moving pretty soon. So like when that happens, I'm going to get like a shelf and like stack them all up. Initially, I, but yeah, I just keep them just like in a big, in a big box. Like one that you would, you know, be able to like, you know, use for packing if you were moving. I had them all in alphabetical order, but as I started buying more CDs, I was like, yeah, I'm, I don't really know if I can. I feel like this is something that I probably would rather do later as opposed to now. I definitely feel you on, on that because I I uh, collect comic books and I I used to have everything um, organized like alphabetical order, um, but yeah. as time went on to like just add like a new series into the box and have to like shift like stuff like all over the place i just kind of yeah uh stop putting things in my boxes and just started putting it like around and like i'm like surrounded by like thousands of comic books and it, it's kind of scary yeah. like i'll organize it one day but um don't, don't, just don't want to do it yeah. right now yeah it's kind of the same thing like a lot of the new ones that i have i've just been i haven't even put them i'll usually put them like spine up but i've, I've just been kind of just putting them in the box just sort of on top so yeah. it's just like I'll I'll organize them later, but like at the moment I really am not in a position to do that just because I have so many at this point. So it was like I'll just get around to that eventually. So you said you're moving. Are you leaving Delaware? No, 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 no. Just moving into um, just moving into um, just a new house. Okay. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, leaving Delaware though. That's awesome. Did you grow up in Delaware? No, I didn't actually. I mean, well, I guess I can say I did, but like not really. I was born in uh, Colorado and I lived there Ooh. until I was about eight or nine. I think, yeah, I think it was nine. And then I li- moved to Delaware in like 2006 and I've been living there ever since. And I'm so, yeah, I've spent more time living in Delaware than I did there. So I guess I could say that I basically grew up there. 
but no, I haven't. I'm technically not a Delaware like native, I guess. <laughs> what part of Colorado did you grow up in, or did you live in? Colorado, uh, Colorado Springs, which is uh, like um, yeah, kind of like the like the nice part <laughs> of Delaware, I guess. Not Delaware, Colorado. Granted, Colorado is like a pretty nice hill, like all around, but yeah. Okay, uh, I yeah. almost moved to Denver, like almost it was probably like about 10 years ago um i went there and like i think it was 2008 maybe 2009 i can't remember off the top of my head yeah. but um had some friends playing a band from denver and they invited me and my buddy to their last show and at that point i had never like really traveled uh that far for a show so yeah uh they told us because like we were like i think 16 17 at the time and they're yeah. like um they, they told us if you guys drive out like we'll take care of you like you guys can stay with us like you guys don't really have to worry about anything so i'm like all right cool like let's yeah. do it like we've never been to denver let's go check it out and we spent yeah. i think maybe like four days in denver went to the show it was at this place called i think like the the marquee theater i don't remember it was just like it was crazy like it was fun and met some cool people um and like stayed in touch and i remember at one point i just kind of didn't really like my like situation so my buddy yeah. matt from denver was like hey you should just move out here like transfer and i, I got a room for you and I was like honestly considering it um but then i remembered yeah. that they have to deal with the snow and uh, yeah. when, when we had gone to Denver, like we hit like crazy black ice and like being in the snow, I was just like, I, I can't do this. Like I, I can't live yeah. here. So it, it just kind of like scared me off, like thinking about it. Yeah. I was going to say, well, if there's one thing that I definitely remember about living in Colorado, because Denver wasn't very far. It was like an, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's like an hour, maybe might be a little more than an hour. If I'm not mistaken, I'm kind of, Memory's kind of fuzzy considering the fact that it's been like 13 years. But if there's one thing that I definitely remember is that the weather there was pretty fucked up. Like we would get hit with like heavy snow in like October. And then like the summers would sometimes get like pretty, the summers would get like sometimes pretty hot. But we, I've definitely um, dealt with like, I remember dealing with pretty bad snow, uh, power outages from like the shitty weather. I used to get nosebleeds all the time because, you know, Colorado's elevation is so high. It's, you know, like a mountain state. So like there's that too. Like it's just kind of, it's like a weird, it's like, it's nice, but like it's pretty weird. Um, it's a pretty weird state when it comes to that kind of thing. So, I mean, if there's one thing that I definitely don't miss, it, I guess it's just that, like the weird fucked up weather that we would get down there. Does it snow in Delaware? Yeah, but it's kind of, um, it's not, I mean, I guess it, <laughs> knowing the way that the weather is and just climate is now, like there's no telling what the weather is going to be like, but we have had some pretty bad snows in the past. We've had some pretty like hot days, I guess it kind of, it just, I don't know. It kind of depends on like the season, I guess. And just like the time of the year, like we've had some pretty weird, weird ass weather recently getting hit with like bad snow in like April and shit like that. Like it's been, it's been weird. So, you know, so but, 
I'm I'm curious, like what's like hot weather um, to you? Um, I mean, considering that I'm from Colorado, I feel like hot is like um, like ninety. I guess like high eighties. I mean, not even that. Just definitely eighties, nineties. Because I know I'll talk to my friends from California, and they'll be like. Oh, it's like 65 degrees cold and we'll be like, nah, like this is like a perfect, <laughs> it's like a perfect, it's like a perfectly fine day here. But like to them, like that's cold. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's a 60, yeah. I'm like, where the hell's my jacket? I'm freezing. <laughs> exactly. Like 60 does is like, that's like, it's not, it's not for me. It's not shorts weather. Like I don't wear shorts just in general, but it's not really shorts weather, but it's like definitely like t-shirt. Like you're chilling without a hoodie or anything like that. Okay. But no, I'll like talk to other people like cold, but it'll be like, like 65 degrees or something like that. It's like, oh, it's kind of weird. Then I'll like go to somewhere, somewhere like California where it's like 90 degrees the entire time. I'm just like, fucking hell. <laughs> it's, it's, it's so hot. Like, it's fucked. Yeah, summers out here can be brutal sometimes. Um, yeah. So why did you travel to California? I was here, I was there last year for, um, uh, for us down at Fury last year. Oh, wow. That's, just, that that's crazy. Cause like I, I've, yeah. I've talked to so many people like, you know, through doing like the, the podcast that were at Sound Fury last year that I just never knew. Yeah. I was going to say like by that time, cause I mean, just one goal I had in general was to try if I'm not, not play, every like fest that there is at least go to every fest so cal i remember a friend of mine had given me she was like hey do you want this ticket like uh my one friend's not coming anymore so if you want it you can so it was kind of like a I, it was like a super last minute thing like i bought my plane ticket like a month before the fest even happened but i was actually i was glad that i got to go because it was actually really i'd never been before and i'd wanted to go for a while and it was really cool it was really cool to go to a fest where like everybody's pretty chill, but like, I didn't know somebody every like five steps. Cause you know, compared to like, you know, this is hardcore since it's like basically in my backyard. Like, um, but I know like most of the people that are there or like going to FYA where I still know like a decent amount of people. Like it was, it was, it was, a, it was really cool. Just all around. I'm glad I was able to go last year. So did you go with the person that gave you the ticket or did you just like come out here solo? Oh, no, no, no. I went with um, the person that gave me the ticket and then another friend of mine that made like a last minute decision to fly out too. And we just, I ended up being there. I ended up being in um, California, specifically LA. I stayed out there for like a week. Like I stayed out there the week of the uh, actual fest. And then we just kind of, I just kind of chilled and just, um, you know, was just hanging around the city and shit. Cause I'd never, prior to that, I'd never been to California before. Damn. So I just, uh, yeah, I just wanted to sort of take that all in kind of, and just hang out there for a little bit. And did you guys have any like California friends or were you guys just kind of just doing your guys' own thing? Oh, no, uh, no, we had, uh, cause the one girl that gave me the ticket is from there. So like there was that, I met her friends. And that was cool. And then I know I have like a decent amount of friends from um, from California that were at the fest just from 
you know, just met just from, you know, playing music and just like playing with each other's bands. So I was able to go out there and just kind of chill like with them too. So it was really cool. Okay. That's awesome. And you, you said you had a good time at the fest. Yeah. I was going to say it was very, it was very cool. I remember like going, I like went to the venue and I was just like, whoa, this place is like way too nice for like what is essentially a, t- a two day hardcore show. But it was really, it was, it was really cool. Especially considering that I just got to, I just got to, I just got to chill for like most of the day. And considering it was, that was like the first time I'd been to a fest. Like I'd been to LDB, but that was the first time I'd been to a fest that wasn't on the East Coast. Okay. So it was kind of just seeing how kids, kids, how kids out there, um, you know, have fun and react to certain bands as opposed, you know, what I'm, you know, used to, which is like, you know, the Philly scenes, the New York, Richmond sort of by proxy, you know, Baltimore, that kind of thing. But it was really, it was really cool. And I'm glad I was able to go because I got to see a lot of bands that I hadn't seen before and that I'd been, I'd been wanting to see, but um, just hadn't had the opportunity to, like I got to see, I remember I missed a lot of my opportunities to see riding out when they were active, you know, the first time. And then I finally saw them because, you know, the headline last year, I was like, this is straight up fucking crazy. And I got to see, um, uh, I got to see, like, it was cool seeing, like, Gouge Away. I got to see Teenage Risk for the first time. I got to see Dead Heat, you know, in, like, their home state, which is really cool. I saw Cold World and War Hungry for the first time in, like, four years or three or four years of that. So that was probably like one of the coolest things about that whole thing. I finally got to see ceremony. Like it was, it was just really cool that I was able to go there and just like have a good time. So it was, it was sick. Yeah. That's awesome. I love the venue. Um, the only issue that I have with the venue is, uh, in the, the quote unquote intimate room, um, yeah. th- th- there's only yeah. one doorway to get in and out that, that just yeah. kind of uh, stresses me out sometimes. Yeah. I was just, I remember like walking out after, um, uh, after I think Dead Heat was done playing and there was like 400 kids. There was like mad kids in that room. It was like 400 kids in that room. We're all trying to exit out like the same door at the same time. And I was like, okay, this is kind of, I was wondering if they would like, I was wondering if they would do away with that this year. But I mean, I mean, it's kind of cool for like what they're trying to do. I wish it had. I wish there was another door to get out, but like I still think it's like kind of. I think it's. I think it's a cool idea. I guess you know for bands that like maybe shouldn't, maybe not you know on the big stage, but you know they still get to play anyway. So it's kinda cool. yeah, like the the size of the room, everything is fine, but it's just getting in and out is just the issue because I had to plan my exit like early because i was like there's no way i'm gonna like stand around and wait for all these kids to leave so we can all go downstairs to see the same band so i was like you know what i'm gonna duck out early from this set um and make it down with like ease yeah i was just sad after after the first time i was like yeah i definitely should (laughs) i I should do that the next time i decide to like come up here because i don't think I made. I don't think I made it up to the small room on the second day. Maybe I did. Maybe I did. I'm not sure. Because I remember I watched Creatures and then I left. 
a little bit before they were done to uh, watch. Um, I can't even remember who else played after them. But I remember I was like, I got to duck out here, like, real quick, because I know there's just going to be mad people trying to, like, move on this, like, one, <laughs> on this, like, hallway of a balcony, basically. Yeah. So, yeah, but, yeah so it's pretty cool, though. I'm trying to think back who I saw up there because I definitely did see creatures. I caught Spine, um, who I thought was awesome up there. Yeah. Um, Ingrown played up there. Yeah, I think I missed them. Um, I think I missed them and Spine because I think Teenage. I think Teenage was playing at the same time. So I, okay. like, I'll just watch that. That's- oh, and then I also saw uh, Distort um, played up there. Yeah, I I feel like I miss. I feel like I missed. Yeah, I definitely missed the story. They played the same time as uh, Trail of Lies. Yeah, I remember watch. I remember opting to watch Trail of Lies instead. I wish I would have. I wish I would have caught this. Um, I wish I would have caught the story, but I ended up seeing them at FYA anyway. So okay. Like, I was like, okay, cool. I was like, cool. I get to see them anyway. And I've never been to FYA. And did you go this year? I went this year, and then I played last year. So, so yeah, I've been second time. How, how tall is that stage? Because from like videos, it just looks like super tall. Oh my god, it's like it's got to be a solid. I want to say, if it's not five feet, it's probably pretty close. Because <laughs> that it's it's so like there's if you attempt to stage dive off of that, you're risking breaking your fucking neck because it's so high. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like the, the height of the stage is the reason why there's like a lack of stage dives at that fest. Yeah. Yeah. Cause Bob moved it to the Cuban club last year, which had a, had a, it was like a smaller, smaller stage in general, but the stage also wasn't that high to try and get folks to stage dive. And it was supposed to be there again this past year, but the venue pulled out like super last minute. Like I think maybe like a couple weeks, maybe less. So he had to move it back to the Orpheum, which I still think is a cool venue. I just, I definitely wish that the stage like wasn't so high. Like I feel like that definitely will put, I mean, for some people, they're just like, fuck it, I'll just do it, I'll just stage dive anyway. But I know a lot of people are probably like, yeah, I'm not going to risk doing that because I'm probably going to die if I try that. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah, because I feel like stage yeah. diving is like scary enough to begin with. But yeah. then to add it to like a <laughs> super high up stage, it's just like, yeah, definitely don't want to do that. Yeah, I was like, it's, it's a pretty big risk. I remember like when I was at Sound of Fury last year, I thought the stage was perfect for for fucking for stage diving especially during like cold world when there was like mad heads up at the front and shit like i thought that was really cool but there's next the orpheum is definitely like the second definitely top two venues i've gone to where like i wouldn't encourage trying to stage dive like yeah like definitely like top two (laughs) yeah unless there's like a sea of people but i feel like that um fest too like kids kind of um don't really crowd the front no, no, not really. I feel like mainly since the stage is so high, I feel like it kind of puts people off. Plus, there's like two. It might not be two. It might be four. But there's like two poles, like right sort of 
in the like right in front of the stage like not too far off so i feel like people don't stay dive for that reason too plus i feel like anytime i've ever seen somebody stay dive at the fest people just kind of people don't move out of the way they're just kind of like oh shit like by the time you land you're like putting your feet on my head so like people just like people just kind of refrain from doing that which i mean i don't blame them but you know I wish people, I wish more people did stage dive, hopefully, with this next year, people feel a little bit more inclined, depending on where it ends up being, but, you know, hopefully that, hopefully it becomes more of a thing. Yeah, and hopefully wherever it ends up, it'll be more stage dive friendly. Yeah, yeah. I'm not sure if he's going to put it at the Orpheum again. I don't know what the plan, uh, I don't know what the plan is right now, but I guess we'll just we'll see by the time September rolls around because that's usually when the when the lineup I feel like that's when the lineup gets announced so I guess we'll say yeah you guys actually have a show coming up um, uh, that Bob Wilson put together that's on the yeah. m- Monday June 24th yeah with um with a fixation just Philly band uh, really sick band um, Method of Doubt and uh, True Form which are both from uh both from Florida. That new method doubt that new method doubt method of doubt. Oh my god. <laughs> that new record's like re- I'm sorry, I'm like tripping over my words. That new record's like really it's actually really, really good. I'm like really impressed by it. Um uh then us there's like another band playing and I can't Yeah. There's I'm like, uh, I'm like there's two other bands I actually have the flyer up. Yeah. Uh, it's a choice to make Yes, yes, that band, that band. That band's really cool. I like the, the vocalist has, like, a really... I like his, like, um his energy, sort of. So, like, it's... I think um, I'm stoked to see them again, so that's going to be cool. Yeah, and then um, Adrenaline's playing. Yeah, I, love, I fucking love that band. It, that's... That, yeah, I'm very stoked to see that, too. Yeah, I I'm definitely want to see that band at some point because I listened to their uh, record and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Yeah, because I remember hearing about like, oh, like we're gonna be, um, we're like just the dude from Queens was like, oh yeah, we're gonna be starting a new band pretty soon. Um, I wasn't sure what it would sound like. I didn't expect it to be sort of like a sort of uh, it to be like sort of like a helmet kind of thing i guess but i really i really like that record so i'm stoked to see them and we'll be playing with them um again pretty soon so i'm like stoked on that too oh, it hasn't you, been announced just yet but oh not yet okay uh, i was gonna yeah, ask about yeah. that yeah it's like a bunch of um, uh, a bunch of a bunch of uh bands that like aren't from around here coming a pretty long way you'll you'll see it like when it does get announced it's not until like september so whenever okay it'll probably uh, be announced like in the next few months um one thing that i wanted to ask you about that i almost forgot was um you guys got to play that uh unity barbecue yes yes and when i saw the flyer for that and just kind of like looked at the concept uh concept excuse me of that show i i thought it was the coolest thing to bring all these bands from uh the same area together to like kind of show unity in your guys' scene i th- thought that was amazing i was like this is awesome and i'm just like kind of curious why um other scenes haven't like done anything like that before 
I don't know. I mean, we've been – my friend James has been um, talking about putting together, like, an all-Delaware show eventually, and we just haven't – you know, lack of venues, just haven't really had the chance to do that. But I think it's really cool that Bob put that together because I feel like um, – like, I mean, if we're talking about somebody that, like, truly, you know, gives shit about hardcore, especially with how long he's, you know, been – at it and just been doing shit like i think the show was really cool and i definitely think i think more scenes should do something like that i mean i guess the this is la thing that kind of counts as something like that where you had like it wasn't every band from there but um it was i feel like it was most of them and it brought out a really big crowd so like there's that and it was really cool and um i'm glad that he Gave us the opportunity to play. Technically speaking, you know, we're not a Philly band, but, like, we're close enough. Us and Year of the Knife are both basically Philly bands, like, at this point. But it was that was probably one of the coolest shows I've been to and just played just in general. Like, it was so – it was fucking great. I'm glad that, you know, we had the opportunity to be able to, to, be able to play that. Were you bummed that there wasn't an actual barbecue because of the rain? Not really. Like, I wasn't sure what to expect with that. But, um, I mean, I didn't, I didn't really give a shit about that. I was just stoked at the fact that um, I was just stoked to be able to play. Because, I mean, by the time the second band rolled around, um, Mobile Terror Unit, which Molly from Me of the Knife, plays drums in by the time they started playing the room was like basically full and i'm not i'm not all that surprised considering the fact that bob was like hey two dollars for the first band ten dollars uh after so i know it was encouraging kids to come out but it was really sick because it was like everybody i think just the show itself was cool enough to the point where the actual barbecue part didn't really matter all that much because they they got pizza, which was gone in like 15 minutes, so I'm not really all that shocked. But it was really cool. It was it was sick. I got to see a lot of friends. I got to see a lot of people that I hadn't seen in like a good maybe couple of years. And folk, I know I had a few folks from out of state come out too, which was really cool. That were just kind of like passing through, and they were just like, "Yeah, I'll go to this shit." And it was really cool that there were so many people, considering considering that it was on. Um, that it was on a uh, Mother's Day too, so it was cool that that didn't really um, that didn't de- de- that didn't deter that many people from coming out. So, but overall, it was like it was really fucking cool, and I'm glad that it happened. Yeah, after the um, Sunday, I-, I saw like a ton of kids just talking about how like epic that um, show was and yeah. how fun like everybody had. Uh, the one thing that I was curious about was that there's so many bands on the bill, like were bands just playing yeah. like shorter sets um, or how did everything flow? Because um, like a 2 p.m. start time with that many bands, I, I just like I'm curious, like, like what time did it get done? Uh, I think. Jesus Peace wrapped up. Uh, they were done at like maybe 11.30, I want to say. Maybe like between 11 and 11.30. Like every band up until maybe Fixation or No Option. No Option played like fourth to last. Every band up until then had like a 15-minute set. And all the shit 
like we all the cabs were backlined, all the drum shows were backlined. We just had to bring like stuff. A lot of bands. The thing is that a lot of bands were already sharing members, so with that, you had a lot of bands sharing gear. So it's like you know, between Pain Strikes, Drows, Chemical Fix, Fixation, all those bands shared like one or two members anyway. So you know, you had just folks you know leaving stuff up there. You had folks borrowing other people's stuff. Just I mean, it actually it actually flew, it went off basically without a hitch because we just um um we were just able to like everybody was able to just uh sort of get up and get on pretty quickly and even then it ended up we ended up having another band because payback played like a surprise set and even then those anthony who plays guitar in that band also plays in g's piece and struck nerve and pain strikes so it's like when you have one person playing like four sets or somebody, um, it's like the Mike who plays guitar in Fixation, also plays in Drowse, also plays in Chemical Fix. When you have that, um, it's just really easy for things to go along. Cause it's like, all right, I'll just stay up here while the rest of my band sets up and we're already going to be, you know, getting ready to go. So it, and it, um, it ended up like going together pretty smoothly, I feel like even though there were like so many bands since everything was so centralized, it didn't really matter that there were so many bands on the bill in general. Hell yeah. Well, I'm stoked to hear about it. And I'm jealous that I wasn't able to go out there and experience that, but I'm happy to hear that it was an awesome show. Yeah. It was really, I wish there was somebody, cause there wasn't really anybody like Sonny from Hey Five Six wasn't there because he was in Canada, so it's not like he could film any of the sets. <clears throat> there weren't really there weren't really any photographers. Like the ones that like a bunch of them showed up maybe for the last like three bands, but they a lot of them weren't there for most of the day. But I feel like it. I mean, it kind of sucks because I feel like a lot of the bands that did play played some of like their best sets at that and like got some of the best reactions, but I feel like it's also cool. Cause it's like, Oh, this was something that like you, this, this was like an experience. Like if you were there and you got to experience it and be there and witness it, like, that's cool. You have that. So, you know, just hold on to just like for a while. It's like, okay, I got a chance to be a part of this. And even though there wasn't really anybody to like film it or anything like that, the dude, um, this dude, Dan, who plays drums in um, Fixation, like, filmed, like, clips of every band and sort of put them together. And he put that on YouTube. So we do have that, I guess, to look back on. So, like, if people wanted to sort of see what went down, like, they have that. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I feel like everything that I saw was from, like, um, like cell phone footage from, like, somebody standing at, like, the, the back of the room. Yeah. Yeah, I was, that was basically as good as it was going to get because there was nobody else. There was nobody to really, there was nobody there to film anything professionally. Plus, I think, I want to say there was another show happening that night, but I don't know for sure. But, yeah, a lot of the people, like a lot of the videos I did see, yeah, it was just basically cell phone footage and shit like that. But yeah. it, was, it was still pretty. So. Reminds me of the time I went to, uh, Fury's uh, Paramount record release show over here in Orange County, and I don't think anybody filmed it. 
I'm shoot. I wouldn't be surprised. It feels like sometimes it feels like the best shows and like the best and the biggest shows sometimes just end up not getting documented in any way, which I guess is kind of weird. <clears throat> but I feel like it makes it more special for the people that were there because it's like, oh yeah, I can, you know, I have I have something. I have like a story to tell now. I guess like pass it on to like people later. Yeah, because I, I just kind of assume that there's always going to be somebody on stage there to document yeah. it. And especially since it yeah. was like Fury's like you know, record release, I was like, yeah, somebody's going to be here. But when we all kind of like yeah. look back, we're like, wow, like nobody actually filmed that. So now we just kind of have to like tell stories about that night, which is like so crazy, yeah. especially for like the time period when we have like so much crazy technology like out there. Yeah, it's just kind of one of those things where it's like, Oh, you would think that somebody, so you always think that like, there's going to be somebody there to like film it. And you're just like, nope, I guess not, but it's whatever, I guess. Yeah. Cause at least, you know, I, you know, you were there, you got to witness it. So that's better than, you know, getting to see it on, um, better than getting to, you know, see it on YouTube or something like that. Yeah. I, I definitely feel you on that one. Um, so I, just wanted to ask you one last thing. Uh, are you just like on vacation right now? Cause, uh, you said you weren't at home. Yeah. I'm in Chicago right now. I'm going to be going to the, um, I don't know if you saw like the big advanced perspective, um, showcase thing oh. that's going on like later today. I did. I, um, honestly, why didn't I put that together? I actually have a friend who's, uh, performing there. Uh, uh um, what band, uh, do you know what band that they're in or anything like that? Uh, have you heard of, uh, you know, Shane from title fight? Yeah. Yeah. So oh, is that, um, go ahead. I'm uh, sorry. What is his... No, it doesn't he have like, what's his like project thing? Isn't it like happy house or something like that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's right. I couldn't remember like who in title fight did that, but I remember like that was, um, I remember like that he was playing that. So, so that's cool. I'm stoked to see that. Yeah, there's actually a, a, yeah. a, a lot of good bands um, on that, and I, I was really surprised uh, and happy to see that they, that um, Advanced Perspective was actually doing something like that for like all their bands. Yeah, I wish more. I wish more labels did that, but I'm very stoked to see that. I'm gonna be seeing a lot of bands that I haven't seen before. Um, like I'm very excited to see Scourge which is a band that I've wanted to see for what feels like fucking ever. I'm stoked to see them at that. I'm stoked to see Narrowhead, who I, they came over here and they came over to Philly with Bug and I missed it. Um, I'm stoked to see Millspec again. I'm stoked to see Wildside again. Cause I remember the first time I saw Wildside, they covered uh, Green Day. And I was like, okay, this band's actually really fucking cool. Um, and then I'm really, I'm excited to see Distort again. And then, um, you know, Fury, it's been, I think the last time I saw Fury was at Sound and Fury last year. So I'm stoked to see them after all this time. So it's, it's going to be really cool. And I'm stoked to be there and just sort of get to chill and just watch, just, you know, just fucking watch, watch bands and shit. That's cool. Uh, I was actually supposed to have the dudes from Wildside on the podcast yesterday, but due to scheduling conflicts, uh, they didn't come on. I, I feel like really bad. It was like the first time um, that 
it was kind of like my fault. It was just like this weird like um, yeah. miscommunication through email. But uh, I fucking love that band. I think everything yeah. they've done is like super amazing. So I'm I'm stoked that you get to see them t- uh, t- t- today. Yeah. I, I was like, like I saw them at FYA by that time or FYA last year. By that time they the only thing that they had like the demo and like some promos out. And I remember seeing them and I was like, okay, this band's covering Green Day right now. So that's pretty cool. And then, like, I'm not even a fan of Green Day, but I was just like, most hardcore bands wouldn't do that. So, like, that's sick. And then they just put on such, like, a, like, their performance was just so, like, over the top and just, like, electric. I was like, this is fucking sick. Like, this band's really, really sick. And I really like their, um, I, I love their LP. It's, like, fucking just an all-around great record. So I'm stoked to hear these songs. Hear more of the songs live, um, so that's gonna be cool. Oh yeah, them coming off the hype of their LP is gonna be really sick. That's awesome. Uh, what time does everything start? It starts at two, I want to say. It's like eleven thirty-five here. Doors are at two. The first band goes on at three. <clears throat> okay, that's and cool. then it goes until like eleven, I think. Yeah, it goes until like eleven, or like a little bit past eleven. But yeah. All right. Well, that's awesome. Um, I want to thank you again for coming on the podcast. Um, I, I feel like uh, we covered um, pretty much everything about Simulacra. I think you guys are yeah. awesome. So I, I really appreciate you like willing to come on and uh, just sit here and talk with me about your band. Hey, I appreciate you uh, reaching out and wanting me on the podcast in general. I've never done like a podcast before or just like sort of like a, uh, like a, like a vocal interview, I guess, or anything like that. So, I mean, this is really cool. So I'm glad that I was able to get the chance to do that. So I appreciate it. Hell yeah. Thank you for, you know, about the band shit like that. It means a lot that, you know, people like really fuck with it like that. So it's cool. For sure. Uh, before we go, is there anything you want to like shout out or plug? Um, I guess I'll shout out every band. I feel like people always talk about like, oh, like what does Delaware have? So I mean, in terms of Delaware, you know, there's us. I want to shout out No Option. They have a full length coming out in July on um Life and uh, Death Brigade, which is like Tyler from Inclination label. Shout out fucking Foreign Hands, which is a band that people who like metalcore should be listening to. Shout out Year of the Knife, obviously. Um, shout out Dolphin Hotel, Scorched, Blockboard, just all the Delaware bands. And just shout out Delaware in general. Hell yeah, that's awesome. Well, I had a good time. This was a fun conversation. Um, like I said, thank you again for coming on. Thank all of you guys for tuning in to another episode. I appreciate everybody that listens. Um, I really appreciate it. So thank you. And this has been another episode of the Jamer K podcast. Always on top.